Welcome back to another episode of the Graham and oh right Sophia is not here today because she unfortunately decided to move into her new apartment on a race weekend so it's just going to be me today talking about the Mexico City Grand Prix. So let's just get right into it. We'll go over the race result first. Our podium for the Mexico City Grand Prix was Max P1, Lewis P2, and Charles P3. Very good for my predictions. The rest of the top 10 was Carlos, Lando, George Russell, Danny Ricardo, Oscar Piastri, Alex Abon, and Esteban Ocon. So overall, I feel like Mexico usually doesn't have the most thrilling races but there were a couple things that made this better than average mexico city gp um so i'm gonna give it a six out of ten or like a six and a half out of ten and i'll get into why but it just there wasn't really that much that happened like that we did have a red flag um we had a standing start and like that was exciting but really the only action that was going on was lando overtaking the entire field which was very entertaining for me but in the grand scheme of things, it was not the most entertaining race. So let's quickly go through the predictions that Sophia and I had for this race. We will start with Sophia's first. So for her podium, she did Max P1, Lando P2, and Lewis P3. So she was close with Lewis being on the podium. She didn't get Lando, and she got Max P1, obviously. So that's one point there. Her wild prediction, which I don't know what possessed her to want this to happen for his home race, but she went for a Checo DNF and it happened. I I mean, he made that silly move into turn one. I think he, he saw a future where he was sitting at the top step of the podium for his home race and he risked it all and ended up DNFing. So she got a point for that. So that's two points for Sophia. Now let's get to my predictions. My podium was Max P1, Lewis P2, and Charles P3. Complete vibes. I had no real reasoning for Lewis and Charles, but I was just like, I was just feeling it. And clearly my my vibes were correct because I got three for three on my podium predictions. Unfortunately, I didn't get the clean sweep with the, uh, the wild prediction. I said that Logan was going to get points again. And he did have a decent drive, but he had to. Re- he wasn't in the points, but he did have to retire on the last lap. They told him to come into the pits because there was like a fuel leak or something like that. Um, so shame for him. But yeah, I do not get the point for the wild prediction. But I'll take the three points on the podium. That's a pretty pretty good. I think that's the second time I've gotten a clean sweep on the podium, and love when that happens. All right, so let's get into the race a little bit. Uh, I think that we should. St- first go to qualifying because that's where I think the real driver highlight for the weekend is Daniel Ricardo. Um, obviously he didn't have the greatest race in Coda. Uh, I think with the sprint weekend, he wasn't able to get a setup that was really dialed in for him. Uh, I saw a video that he was apparently just using Yuki's setup in FP1 in, in Austin and he just kind of stuck with it because they didn't have time to play around with it. But in a normal race weekend, they were able to kind of tailor the car more towards what Daniel wanted, and it showed. I mean, he had an amazing quality, not only 
out qualifying well getting into q feet q3 first of all but then also out qualifying checo perez in the red bull who is his competition for that red bull seat um and i know there's a lot of rumors about if uh Lewis overtakes Checo in P2 or for P2 in the drivers that he might lose the seat. So I think that if Dan Ricardo keeps putting in these good performances, it's only going to strengthen his case to take over that seat. And then let's get into the race as well. Uh, from P4, Daniel Ricardo was able to get points. He got P7, which I think that if the red flag didn't happen, he would have gone P5 or P6. He was steady, like right behind the Ferraris. He was holding position. Uh, I think he had pulled away from George and Lando at that point was going to have to box again. So even if he caught up to him, probably would not have been able to overtake him or would have overtaken him and then boxed again, would have ended up behind him. But yeah, Danny Rick had a great race. I think that uh, for whatever reason, AlphaTauri was able to use less cooling louvres, louvres or cooling outlets um, on their car. I guess the Red Bull power unit is good on cooling. I mean, we saw with, with the Red Bull, they in one of their more recent upgrades, they basically made their cooling outlet like this really small, tiny envelope. And uh, a lot of the other cars have big ones. So clearly the Red Bull Honda powertrain is pretty good with hot temperatures and cooling. So... I think that's uh, that helped them get some performance because I think the more cooling you have, the more downforce you lose. So it's kind of a trade-off. Obviously, you don't want your engine to explode, so they prioritize making sure that their car is cool. But yeah, overall, just a really good good race from uh, Dan Ricardo. I'm glad to see him performing how everyone wants him to be performing. Um, and I think there's probably a large portion of f1 fans out there that want to see danny rick in that second red bull next year but we'll see what happens there's lots of rumors going around the paddock and in the f1 uh, online community right now where you know alonzo is going to retire alonzo is going to red bull uh stroll is selling aston martin and it's crazy i don't I, there's no solid you know proof for any of these rumors but there's a lot of rumors going around and uh most of them are involving that second Red Bull seat in Checo. Because, I mean, yeah, DNFing at your, your home race when you should have probably been guaranteed a podium is not a good look, especially when you get out-qualified by a car that is significantly slower than your car. All right, for my stats this week, this is uh, something that I haven't really shown before, but it's a really cool graphic. It's... um basically showing the the average time in the pits during the race. So, you know, usually when you're watching the broadcast, you'll see like a two, two to three second pit stop or, you know, two to four second pit stop. But that's not the entire time they're in the pit. So it's as soon as they cross the line into the pit where there's the speed limit until they exit the line where they don't have the speed limit anymore. So that includes your pit stop time as well as the time in the fast lane. So we can see here something interesting that Ferrari actually had the fastest average time in the pit. So lower is better here. And then we can see that AlphaTauri was significantly slower. Uh, they must have had a bad pit stop for either Yuki or Daniel at some point because that's almost three seconds or two and a half second difference from them to Williams. 
Um, and then you can see the average here. It's 23.25 seconds. Uh, about half of the teams were below and half teams were above. But, you know, it's even between Williams, who's the ninth fastest team in the pits, uh, between Ferrari, it's only a second and a half difference or a little bit over a second and a half. So it's it's marginal. But, you know, we saw last week with Coda where Lewis had a slow pit stop and that cost him potentially the win. Uh, you know, these marginal seconds count. And uh, I think that it's really interesting to see Ferrari be up at the top because, or the fastest, because we know that Ferrari tends to make mistakes in the pit stops. So that is the stats for this week. Um, and also just notable, Red Bull is not the fastest, even though that's what their reputation is. They're, I mean, they're very close, but I think uh, I've seen these throughout the season and Red Bull is usually number one. I think they just were a little bit chill because Max had such a big advantage over everyone uh, in the race. So this is not really a race controversy, but just kind of something I wanted to talk about. And it was the Mexico City layout, track layout in general. I think that, you know, because it's such a high elevation and you have the, the lower air density, you end up, even though it's a really long straight, you end up not getting many overtakes. Lando seemed to really be the only one that could overtake, uh, which was kind of surprising because usually McLaren's pretty draggy, but I guess it helped. Uh, whatever they were doing with their, their car setup was, was suited for this condition. Um, but, you know, a lot of the track is... It's a lot of like uh, Barcelona's old sh uh, last chicane used to be. There's like the turns, um, I think four, five, six, and then the stadium section is kind of like that. And there's just not a lot of good overtaking opportunities. And I think that they could definitely benefit. You know, the stadium section is awesome, but if they maybe change the layout of that a little bit, uh, so that Maybe they could get a better run into the last corner and, you know, that would make it easier for overtaking on the main straight. I think that would benefit the track and the racing that we see at the Mexico City GP track a lot. And, you know, if you there's a way to still keep the stadium section, maybe instead of having it be uh, like double hairpins, you just have like a single hairpin. So that way you can get a little bit more of a run into the last turn and you know, try to close up on whoever's in front of you. Um, I think that would definitely benefit and help out the racing that we see at the Mexico City GP. All right. So moving on to predictions for the next race. Sophia did send her predictions in, even though she's not here. So we will go with her predictions first. And she is sticking with the same podium she had for the Mexico City GP. She's going Max P1, Lando P2, Lewis P3. So it didn't work out for her this week, but we'll see if it does uh, coming up this weekend. And her wild prediction was a Fernando Alonso DNF. I think she's really on this DNF train. She uh, predicted the Checo DNF and it came true. So I feel like she's got some good mojo. We'll see if Alonso has another DNF. I know that he did DNF this race. So you hope Aston Martin don't have another DNF. But uh, yeah, the way that they're going, who knows? They could double DNF again and yeah, just... The, the downfall of Aston Martin has been really bad. All right. So my predictions are very similar to Sophia's, but I did Max P1, Lewis P2, and Lando P3. I think that since that new floor that Mercedes introduced, they 
probably have the second fastest car, at least on more balanced tracks. I think if you were to go to a high-speed track like Suzuka, Qatar, uh, Silverstone, McLaren and Red Bull would still dominate. But at a track where it's kind of more balanced between slow, medium, fast corners, I think overall the Mercedes is probably the better package. So that's why I'm going for Lewis P2. But I do still think that Lando, the way he's been driving, if he has a good qualifying and he doesn't bottle it like he did in, in Mexico, then I think that it'll be a close fight between Lewis and Lando for that P2 position. So that's my podium. And my wild prediction is that Dan Ricardo is going to get points again. I think that he's found a happy spot with the car setup that they can hopefully bring to Brazil. And hopefully we can see another uh, Danny Rick AlphaTauri masterclass. So those are the predictions for the Brazil GP that's coming up this weekend. And, uh, yeah, I hope you guys all enjoyed, and next episode, Sophia will be back, so don't worry. And, yeah, I think that's gas. See ya.